Hey, our theme for today is Mentor to Millions, How to Be One and How to Find One. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, we're going to be taking care of business in a little bit different way today. You know, it's not common that I have a guest on the 48 Days podcast here, but today I do. I've got a couple friends of mine, Mark, Tim, and Kevin Harrington, who have a new book coming out, Mentor to Millions. So we're going to be talking about that. I'm eager to get to that and interview. It's going to rock your world. The ideas these guys have, things they've done to be successful, not only in business, but also in family and life as well. So I'm eager to get to that. We're going to have that as a main body of the podcast today. Got a couple of things I want to share with you just prior to that. Our quotation for today comes from Oprah Winfrey. You may have heard of her. And she says, a mentor is someone who allows you to see the hope inside yourself. Yeah, I like that. That's what a mentor should do. And you certainly have the opportunity to be one and to have one as well. Next week in our Eagles community, our Monday mentor call is going to be me unpacking the idea of having a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy in your life. And I'll certainly be covering the idea of having a mentor. So I hope you can join us for that as well. Now, I've got a couple resources that I want to share with you today. And one is that we've got an upcoming webinar on Thursday, September 24th. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's before that. But Thursday, September 24th, got another webinar coming up. This is one that I absolutely love doing, and it has to do with how to use 15 hours a week to build your own successful business. Now, the, the place you can go to register, get a spot for this, just 48days.com slash webinar. Again, it's going to be September 24th. That's a Thursday at both 1 o'clock Central or 7 o'clock Central. Same webinar, so you just choose one, whichever is more convenient, 1 o'clock Central or 7 o'clock Central. You know, the questions I get asked most often these days are really not about how to build a better resume or how to, you know, do a better job at interviewing. I know that's still part of the workplace, but we've seen such a shift with more and more people wanting to know how to build a side business. Now, a lot of you want to know how to build a side business while still working a job full-time. That's cool. We totally embrace that. And, you know, getting smarter is not just the key. More knowledge is often not really what you need to make that happen. And certainly, going from 40 hours a week to 80 hours a week is not something we want to encourage. When you go over you know, over 55, 60 hours a week, you're going to be borrowing from the success in other areas of your life. So we don't want that. So I want to help you understand how to build a profitable side business in six months with 15 hours a week. Now there's a specific formula to do that. You have to divide your time into four different areas. If you just keep learning things, keep reading books, listening to podcasts, going to conferences, seminars, you may be a little smarter, but you probably didn't put any money in the bank. So I want to show you how to put money in the bank starting right out of the gate. And you can do that by using this four-part formula. So join us again for that. 
48days.com slash webinar. Hold your spot for that one coming up. Now, a couple of things here I want to share, and then we'll go right into the interview that's going to be the, the main feature for today. But these are some ideas about people using inventions, which tie right into what we're going to be talking to Kevin Harrington and Mark Tim about, because they're the master of taking new inventions and sharing them with the world. But here's one. This is being done in some of the Navajo reservations where they're helping families pull water out of the air. Now you can check this out if you're interested, but it's using solar panels, solar panels. They're actually hydro panels is what they're called, but they're out there in the sun and they draw moisture out of the air and convert it into water. That's drinkable water and getting, you know, two to two to five gallons a day from just a really small panel. Pretty interesting kind of thing that's being done. I love that seeing that kind of technology. And again, my sharing of this kind of thing is not to say, oh, there's some brilliant scientist somewhere that's been able to do this. It's to encourage each of you to be looking for ideas, things that you could probably do yourself. You could come up with innovative ideas like this as well. Now, here's another one. We have the first hybrid floating ocean platform that can generate power from waves, wind, and solar. Now, this is is a cool idea. Three different ways it's producing energy. Waves, which are constant. I mean, waves are always moving out there. We don't have to have any kind of battery power to make the waves go. They do it on their own. God set up the world to do just that. A lot of motion all the time, every day, 365 days a year. So this platform harnesses that constant motion and turns it into energy. But then it also has essentially windmills on it that are capturing the energy from the wind. And then it has solar panels. I mean, is that awesome or what? Generating power from waves, wind, and solar. Now, these are pretty sophisticated scientists that are doing these big, fancy machines, but it reminds me of a story happened a few years ago where it talked about a boy, and there's a, a book written, and the book, title of the book is The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, Creating Currents of Electricity and Hope. I absolutely loved this book fascinated by it. And I talked about a little boy who was born in Malawi. Now, Malawi is a country in Africa, and it's down on the down South Africa, but kind of on the east side. It's landlocked, so it's not doesn't have the privilege of being on an ocean anywhere. It has a population of 15 million people. 74% live below the income poverty line of a dollar and 90 cents a day. Now think about that. 74% of the people in this country of 15 million people live below the poverty line of a dollar and 90 cents a day. So there's all kinds of reasons for that. We don't have time to go into that, but here's a little boy who was born in this country and there's a lot of magic kind of things that are done in this country. It kind of rules the country. Um, Modern science is not something they have access to, but in this place, It's ridden with poverty. This little boy named William read about windmills. He dreamed of building one that would bring, you know, to his little village, the luxuries that only 2% of people in his country could enjoy. Those being electricity and running water. Now, 
you know, the people in the, in the community thought he was crazy. And of course, if you are somebody who has ideas that are going to change the world, change your community, people are going to think you're crazy. It's not uncommon at all. Those of you who are entrepreneurs or want to be, or you want to start your own business or you're already involved in the 48 days Eagles community. Yeah. There's a lot of people that probably think you're crazy. Nobody in our family's ever done that. How could you ever make a hundred thousand dollars a year? And so on. You'll get people who try to pull you down when you get an idea. Well, that was certainly true. People in this little community called this little boy crazy, but he refused to let go of his dreams. He, and the story is about how he put together from just a just the basic knowledge that he had read, he put together some scrap metal. He used tractor parts and bicycle halves and uh, just things out of a junkyard and put together a windmill that was able to power a light bulb in his house for his family. Now, they were the only family in a long range that had electricity, and he did it by harnessing the wind. So, you know, there's so many things all around us that could be um, utilized in unique ways. You know, we just recently uh, moved into a place in Florida and in our front yard and lining the long drive that comes back to our place are live oak trees. Well, I did a little research on that. I didn't realize some of the things that are true about live oaks. Now, the name live oak comes from the fact that these evergreen oaks remain green throughout the winter. Uh, other trees are dormant and lifeless leafless at least, not lifeless, but leafless. But um, the live oak always has leaves. And it, it used to provide shelter for people when they were traveling or people that worked in the fields, served as gathering places for meetings or religious services. But there's a reason these trees are so attractive as meeting places. We're told that on a still hot day, the air under the canopy of a live oak can register as much as 20 degrees cooler than the surrounding area in direct sunlight. Now, there's a process that takes place, and this is where we can learn and then have things that replicate the process, but the process is called transpiration. So moisture moves up from the roots of the tree through the trunk to the tiny pores in the underside of the dark green leaves, and then once there, that moisture changes to vapor, and it's released back into the atmosphere. Now, think about that, the cooling effect of being under this massive tree where water comes up out to the leaves, changes into vapor, and it, it's, it's actually a misting machine. I mean, think about being outside on a sidewalk cafe in New Orleans. They have those misting machines. Well, this is God's version of a, a cool misting machine. But when you think about what that tree is doing on its own, you know, you start to get ideas. How could that be harnessed? How could that be turned into something else? How could we have something that would benefit people who need it most. Just with the process that's already in place, put in place by, by God and nature like that. Well, anyway, just some ideas to get our thinking going here. We're going to be hearing about some more inventions here, but uh, we'll just roll right into that here. I want you to just be aware. Typically, I answer questions on this. we got a bunch of questions in the queue that I'll get back to again next week. But today we're going to be focusing on this interview about a couple guys who are mentor to millions because of the way they're sharing ideas, have a background in doing that. If you have a question that you want us to discuss here, just shoot that in to askdan at 48days.com. Askdan at 48days.com. Now, Kevin Harrington was one of the original sharks on Shark Tank. You probably have heard his name because of that. 
he made the term as seen on TV. That was that was a term he coined. But he saw an opportunity to use late night TV when there was nothing on. Some of you may be old enough to remember the times when a TV would go dark or just have, you know, colored lines on it at about 11 o'clock at night, and there was nothing there. He saw that as an opportunity. He did some things like uh, take, took a guy who was selling Jinsu knives where he was doing the demonstration, you know, to 15, 20 people, pretty good closing ratio. And he thought, wow, if they could get that exposure to more people, the numbers would change. So he took this guy, Arnold Morris was his name, and did a video, the then, then it was very low production, but video of this guy doing his demonstration. So he did it really well. Kevin Harrington then bought time on those late night hours when nothing was showing on TV anyway, and started showing things like that and took that particular product, the Jinsu knives to where the guy was, you know, working hard and making a couple thousand dollars a month. They sold over $500 million worth of those knives. So uh, the book is Mentor to Millions. Secrets of Success in Business, Relationships, and Beyond. Again, Kevin Harrington and Mark Tim. You can get the book for $17.99. The place to go to get it, I'll give you the link right now where we're going to send you. Go to kevinmentor.com. kevinmentor.com. That's where it's going to be. And so here, I'm going to take you right into, here's my interview. Well, welcome everybody. We've got a special treat today. I've got two longtime friends and two amazingly successful entrepreneurs here that we're going to have the privilege of talking to today as we get ready for the release of their new joint book, Mentor to Millions. Thank you so much, Mark and Kevin, for being with us today. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for having us, Dan. What an honor. You know, it was a couple years ago, as I think I back, I had the privilege of having you guys at the barn on our property we call the sanctuary when we were doing a release of Secrets of Closing the Sale. Well, that was a rich time. Great people in the room. Michael mm-hmm. Jr. was there and others. A lot of energy in the room that morning as we were talking about that. So now you're doing another project, Mentor to Millions. Hey, we're going to be covering, just to my, tell my audience here, we're going to be covering how to evaluate a business idea, why failing is not the end of the game, how to use business principles to increase the success of your family, how to find your own mentor, and a whole lot more. Kevin, I want to start out with, with you. Some of your early experiences just blew me away. When you were 15 years old, started your business, black topping driveways. I love that. Before you had a license, you started doing black topping driveways. Tell us a little bit about that first business experience. Yeah, so um, I, I'm fortunate. Uh, I'm one of six kids, great family. My mom and dad were amazing. My dad came to me when I was 11 years old. And prior to that, he was a bartender and he had saved up enough money. And he said, Hey, Kevin, I'm opening up my own bar. I'd love to have you um, and part of be part of the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, running of this and getting involved in, at a young age. So I, I say that I had a mentor when I was 11 years old, my father, because he taught me the inner workings of the bar and the closing of the finances and hiring and, and suppliers and issues and across the board. But at, when I turned 15, he said, you've done great working in this bar industry, but you need to own your own business now. And so I started Grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, not far from where you are, Dan, and got cold in the winter. The water would get in those cracks on your driveway. 
when it froze, would triple the size of the crack. So knocking on doors, closing deals. And that was in high school. When I got to college, I started heating and air conditioning. And um, so that these were labor oriented businesses. And eventually um, I, I sold the heating and air business in college to, to focus on something really very powerful, which is what I created this, this world of as seen on TV. And if you want to just tell the quick story, uh, I was sitting watching television. I just ordered cable TV with 30 channels. When I got to channel 30, it was discovery. There was nothing on. And I'd, so I'd seen the movies on HBO and sports on ESPN and, and music on MTV. I get to discovery. There's nothing there. So I called the cable company and I said, hey, I love this cable thing that I'm getting great 29 channels, but I'm paying for 30. And they said, oh, well, channel 30 is Discovery. It's the latest channel we just launched. And it's it's because it's new. They don't have a budget for 24 hours. They're going to only deliver 18 hours a day. And that's when the light bulb went off. I'm going to put products in there and make some money, cut a deal with Discovery, which is what I did, signed a multi-year contract after I tested it. And we were putting up Ginsu Knives with Arnold Morris and the Food Saver, Jack LaLanne and the Juicer, George Foreman, Billy Mays, Tony Little Fitness Products. And it, it just took off. That was I was at the right place at the right time, the birth of the oh. infomercial and SCMTD industry. Wow. You just laid out so many little principles in there. We would not have enough time to unpack them. That whole thing about moving from linear time and effort businesses to residual income, ongoing mm -hmm. continuity. Oh my gosh, that's yes. awesome. But I want to back up a little bit because there are so many principles in your early experiences that have value as well. When you were doing that blacktop business, mm -hmm. I mean, I love the fact 15 years old on your bicycle going door to door People say, no, you're a 15-year-old kid. What do you know? Then your brother-in-law asked mm. you to do his driveway with no profit. You ask him to pay for materials and tell, tell our listeners what you did then and what happened. So, so I, I took a picture before we did the driveway and after. Then I also put my sign across the driveway. And so now I was knocking on the same doors of people that had turned me down and I said, hey, I know I was here a week or so ago, but you see the driveway over there? What do you think? Doesn't it look pretty good? Look at the before, look at the after. And they're like, well, when can you do mine? You know, so I, all of a sudden, everyone in the neighborhood, literally, I mean, we did 18 or 20 jobs in that neighborhood where I had been turned down 18 to 20 times already. That's a really important concept. I talk to so many people who have an idea and all they want to do is just tell you their idea and hope you give them money. No, do something to show them what you've got. I mean, even in writing a book, I mean, authors, we give away our content in advance. It's not like we hold it close to our chest. You give it away. The principles you guys are sharing have been shared in your life and business in so many different ways. It's unbelievable. Now, tell us a couple of things, though. I want people to understand, how do you determine the viability of an idea? You tested like that. You tested with your air, heat and air conditioning idea. How do you test and how quickly do you get affirmation that you're on the right track? or it's time to change. 
In the old days, it was expensive and time consuming. We went on TV and had to put together infomercials or videos, shot the videos, bought the media. Um, that was expensive. It took time. It was tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, three to six months. We would, or we could put it on a shopping channel, sell it to a catalog. We wanted proof of concept. Does it work in an infomercial? Does it work on a shopping channel? Does it work on a catalog? That all would take you know, months and a lot of money. Now, today, it's a little easier. We now have Facebook and Instagram and some of these digital channels that we can target in. So if we have a golf product, in the old days, we'd have to just put it out to the masses and see if we could make money off of it. Today, you can target golfers that might be interested in golf products. So it's it, in today's world, we build funnels, drive traffic through the funnels and run ads in the digital arena. And so um, it's it's easier and faster, but it, it, it also you still have to know how to write the selling messaging and all of that. We shoot videos and selling messages, which is something I've been doing for close to 40 years now. Well, I want to come back and talk about your selling because that's a continuing theme through this. You do well in business. One of the basic core principles, you better know how to sell. And that's something I love talking about that because selling is serving. It's not manipulating or conning people into something they don't want or need. It's serving well. Mark, yes. I want to in, integrate here and catch up a little bit with you because you kind of set the stage at the very beginning of the book, Mentor to Millions, that you were coming home, having been a very successful entrepreneur, you were coming home that one fateful night and you stopped in driveway because you didn't want to go in. Unpack that a little bit and how the light came on and that changed your family dynamic as well. Well, I got to tell you, you just reminding me of that makes every hair on my body stand on end. It was the most transformational thing that ever happened to me as a father and as a husband. And I literally, I mean, it's the opening line. And Hay House, our publisher, has said it's one of the strongest opening lines of any book they've ever published. And it goes like this. I turn onto my driveway. I stop my car because I knew I didn't want to go home. As an entrepreneur, to not want to go home means you filed bankruptcy, you lost a lot of money, you made horrible business decisions. But I didn't want to go home because I just had one of the best days of my business life. I made every decision with confidence and clarity. I actually had one of the biggest sales of my life. I didn't want to go home because I was leaving a life of confidence and clarity and I was going home to a life of chaos and confusion. And I sat there and that's when my driveway moment happened. And I call it a driveway moment because I realized at that moment, I had everything upside down that I was actually saying to myself, I know you're supposed to do this differently. I know this is not how you're supposed to, this is supposed to work. And so what happened is I said to myself, wait a minute, what if I was going home to the most valuable business I will ever own, ever operate, or ever be a part of? Maybe the business I was going home to was the one that needed to get my best and my first instead of my last and my least. And that's when I put my foot on the gas I sped home. I rushed into the house. I grabbed my wife and said, I, I got to do this. I got to try this. I want to do this. And I'm spewing out all this business stuff. I'm convinced now she didn't know anything I was saying, didn't understand a word I was saying. I was speaking Chinese as far as she was concerned, but I had passion and conviction and she was missing that at home. So she said, I'm in. 
And the next day I incorporated my family. I mean, I legally incorporated my family. I filed an EIN number and got a legal corporation for 2B Tim's LLC because all I knew was business. I was good at it. And I said, if I'm good at business, I can be that good at home. So I made my family the most valuable business in the world. I became the CEO of my family. And the entire undercurrent of the book is that's when I learned to take lessons from my mentor, Kevin Harrington, my mentor, Zig Ziglar. And instead of just applying them in business, I said, what if I apply those at home? And that's why almost every chapter in the book ends with not this amazing business lesson. We gave you the amazing business lesson in the chapter. I then take that business lesson and show you how I incorporated it into my family. That's why the book is called Mentor to Millions. It's not millions of dollars. It's millions impacted. And we're talking about impacting relationships. We're talking about impacting families. We're talking about impacting marriages. This is a book that's so much more than just scaling business. This is about scaling life. And so if you're ready to scale your life, you're ready to make more money in business and have more successful relationships, then for sure, pick up a copy of this book and you will not regret it. You know, that's a concept that is largely foreign in the entrepreneurial world, because the assumption is if you're an entrepreneur, you burn all the bridges, you sacrifice your family. It's a choice. You do what is required. You hustle 24 hours a day, Gary Vanacek, you know, work till your eyeballs bleed kind of thing with no thought of what's happening in your personal life. And it just makes no sense at all. I love the way that you brought that in and are emphasizing, but, but here's the thing that's kind of counterintuitive. A lot of people resist treating their business, their family as a business. They think, well, you know, I don't want to have to use strategy and goals and deadlines and all that here. You saw that you were running your business, your family in a sloppy manner. You were real strategic in business and you could use that. Talk a little bit about how those principles come into a, a family life. Yeah. I wasn't running my family. I, I was just, I was letting my family run itself. I wasn't leading. I led my businesses and I wasn't leading my family. I was CEO of my businesses. I wasn't even an officer of my family. I mean, I was the dad, but I wasn't leading the way I was supposed to lead. So I just literally said, what am I good at in business? I'm good at marketing. So you know what we did? We created a family logo. We created a mission statement. I'm good at meetings. You know what we did? We started having shareholder meetings every Sunday night. And they were intentional meetings. Like, what are we here for? Why did our family get put together? What impact are we going to have on the world? What is the value of the Tim name? What's our enterprise value? What's our bottom line? Every vernacular that made sense to me, I brought it home. Now, I started the book with this story and we, 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 we spoiled how we started the book. So let's just go to the end because Kevin taught me about magical transformation, that driveway moment he had where he took a before and an after he calls that a magical transformation. Boom. You've got this ugly driveway with cracks. I seal it. It's beautiful. That's a magical transformation. So when I first got involved with Kevin, I, I, I my house was, was filled with cracks and it was not a beautiful driveway. So at the end of the book, the book ends with, my kids sitting on stage in Hungary where I had been the keynote speaker for three days and the promoter of the whole event says, instead of talking to you, I want to talk to your kids. They've sat here for three days. Everybody's seen your kids. Can I get them up on stage? My kids are going, no, no, I'm not talking. No way. And he got them up on stage and he asked them one single question. What was it like to be the child of an entrepreneur? And I want to tell you something. They were so brutally honest and they said right up front for years, we hated it. 
We hated what dad did. We resented his businesses. He was always working. He missed our stuff. But then a few years ago, we became his most valuable business. And now we are so thankful he's an entrepreneur. We are so thankful that he does what he does. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. Dan, I'm here to tell you there wasn't a dry eye in that entire audience because that's what every entrepreneur deep down really wants is for their kids to say that about them and their business. Not that they resent it, not that they hate it, but they are so thankful that their mom or dad is an entrepreneur, that they are so thankful that that's the career path they chose and that they learned so much and that they will forever be positively impacted. Kevin knows that this is the real deal because he, I started showing up with my kids. I made a commitment. If, if they're the most valuable business, I'm not going anywhere without them. So I'm showing up to his house with them. I'm showing up to masterminds with them. I'm showing up to conferences with them. And you know what? They learned so much from my mentor, Kevin, and he was pouring into them at the same time he was pouring into me. So my family is forever changed because of that driveway moment. And here's the deal. I already knew everything I needed to know. And if you're listening right now, you already know everything you need to know to win at home like you're winning at work. You just got to connect those worlds. There's no such thing as work-life balance. That's a myth. It's a holy grail that you can never achieve. There is work-life integration. You can bring those two together. You can integrate those two worlds and you will be so blessed and so rewarded for doing it. Well, you guys are preaching values we promote in a 40 days community. And you guys know me well. You know that I took my kids with me places. And one of those little kids grew up and now is a good friend of you all being host of the Ziegler Show. Yeah. <laughs> so these are principles we Love believe it. in. But that sets up perfectly my next question for you, Kevin. And that is that in, oftentimes in entrepreneurship, in business, people assume somebody wins, somebody loses. If you're a really good entrepreneur, you know how to take advantage of people, manipulate them, and you get the money and they end up with nothing. That's so foreign to what you guys promote. You guys both being multimillionaires, very successful. But one of your principles, Kevin, is everybody wins. I mean, talk Absolutely. about that. That's, that's the important thing, Dan, because if you strike a deal, I, I, I got involved in this as seen in TV industry close to 40 years ago. And I'll never forget cutting a deal with Arnold Morris and Arnold. When, when we cut the deal, he, you know, he said that that's a fair deal for me. It's a fair deal for you. We're both going to do well. And I was sending him lots of money and I didn't mind it because he earned it. I was running his infomercial with him in it every single day. And then what was he doing? He was telling every friend that he knew what an unbelievable relationship he had and was working, making money. So he started bringing on more flow. And I, I felt that was a validation for me that cutting a fair deal for somebody, they're happy. They're going to tell other people how great everything is. And that's, was that that's why we continued to just get I mean, I, I think it's in the book. And I, I know Mark tells this story. If, if it's not in the book that Arnold on the, literally the week that he passed away, his wife said, Arnold wants to talk to you. And and I got on the phone and he he had one more deal to pitch me. Literally. I mean, he's like, Kevin, he said, this is you know, we're going on 40 years. He says, I'm at the end of my line here. He's in his 90s. And he's like, I just, there's somebody, you got to, you got to listen to this pitch. I took it. I know you're going to like it. And it was just, 
it was it was it, it was bittersweet for me knowing that Arnold was days away, most likely from passing away, which he was. And and but his wife just had to complete that last pitch that he wanted to give me um, because he knew that if anything came from it, it was going to go to the family of his wife and his survivors at that point because Arnold was a good man and we were always going to take care of him. Well, and that's a great testimonial to how you do business where he knew even in his dying days that uh, this was a trusted relationship would benefit him and everybody else around him. Now, I want to, I want to unpack that a little bit. There's so many stories in the book, but that one right there really has so many principles in it. You saw Arnold Morris demonstrating knives. Cool knife would do all kinds of wonderful things. And he was doing it in front of little crowds at street fairs, festivals, 15, 20 people, great closing ratio, but limited by there was no scalability to it. That was when you saw the opportunity for late night TV, those hours when there was nothing on anyway, you could do his demonstration on video, which you did. And it took him and tell the figure how many of those crazy knives were sold because you use the power of scalability by helping him in that way. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we, we sold tens of millions of those. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And so, yeah, I think, you know, there, there, there was two levels of scale in this situation. So let's, let's talk about it because we, in, in the book mentor to millions, we talk about exponential opportunities. Right. And so, so here was Arnold in, in small groups, 10 people at a time, it was making a living. He, he was successful, uh, earning a nice profit and selling Ginsu knives. And I said, hey, let's put it on late night TV. There's all this airtime available. And we turned literally thousands of dollars in sales into hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. But now this was just in the United States. So it's a bell-shaped curve, just like a movie comes out. It's doing well. You, you hear about it everywhere. It's in a lot of theaters. And then, okay, it's done. It's out of the theaters. And it had a nice run. But what do they do with the movies? This is what I studied. They take the movies to Europe, to Asia, to Latin America, dub them into every foreign language that they can, and license them around the world. So I started going to the same trade shows that these movie companies called the, the Cannes Film Festival in 1990. I took a booth out and I said, I want to exponentially grow my assets. I've, I've got a, a library of shows, Arnold Morris, Jack LaLanne, George Foreman, Tony Little, but only the Americans have seen it in English. What if we took it and did the same thing they do to movies and dubbed it into German and French and Italian and Swedish and Danish, etc.? And that's what we did. And we took an infomercial that would go like this in the U.S., but it would go like this everywhere else in the world. And we had all these bell-shaped curves, but this brought an entire level of exponential sales on a global basis. The, we, we launched in Japan in our first year from zero without spending a dime on production other than just dubbing the show into Japanese. So the shows, we did $80 million in sales in one country when we opened up in that marketplace. So we, we created exponential opportunities everywhere in many, many situations. All right. Now, what you shared there is an amazing example of seeing an opportunity and it involved dead space on TV. Right now, things have changed. Everything has changed. You know, how we market has changed. So I want to ask both of you guys, 
how do we today, I mean, look at this year, how much, how many things have been turned upside down? I mean, people don't know where to look, where to go next. How do we recognize a similar opportunity in today's environment? You saw the dead time on TV. What's a similar opportunity in today's space? I'm going to share something I learned from Kevin. Okay. And this is, this applies to today and it applied to what he was doing then. And he taught me this concept called, and we teach it in the book called follow the eyeballs. And so that's actually what Kevin was doing. Where are people looking? Oh, they're looking at cable TV. So he was on cable TV. When they shifted to the internet, guess who had as seen on TV? Guess who bought as seen on TV.com? Kevin Harrington, because the eyeballs shifted to the internet. Before Amazon, it was one of the largest e-commerce platforms that existed on the internet because that's where the eyeballs were at. So if you're looking to start a business right now, and people ask Kevin all the time, hey, I want to start a business. What should it be? He's like, where are people's eyeballs? Well, guess what? During quarantine, COVID, people are shopping online. You want to start a business right now? E-commerce is probably not a bad place to be because that's what people are doing. Their habits are changing. They're not going to bricks and mortar as much. They're shopping online. So that's where the eyeballs are at. Now, once you go to where the eyeballs are at, then look at how are people's habits changing? Well, one of my businesses happens to be e-commerce. And so we're like, people don't want to get out of their home, but they still have aches and pains and bruises and things they want to take care of. So we started coming up with products and getting products that were helping people with home care. So they didn't have to go to the doctor. If they had aches and pains, they could order product that helped with their joint pain or arthritis pain or muscle pain. And we saw those products go up 500%, 1,000%, 2,000% because people's habits were changing and their eyeballs were focused in that direction. And so that is the example of exponential. One of the kind of funny things I have in the book that I wrote is, you know, when I follow Kevin around, I'm trying to, was a mentor of his and Zig was a mentor of mine. And the children of Zig Ziglar, who Dan, you know well, introduced Kevin and I to each other. So talk about a guy whose mentorship continues on past this past his time on earth. That's Zig Ziglar. That's the power of mentorship. That's what we're talking about in the book is you have the right mentor and you become the right mentor. You can, in fact, impact millions of people. Okay. Now there's a couple of things I want to pick up on there. And I know we want to consider our time element here as well, but there are a couple of things. One is you talk about seeing new business opportunities in light of changing times and uh, Kevin, you moved into that online space when nobody else was really seeing the opportunity there. Mark, you're talking about moving into the online space in a different way today, but also seeing products that are not just one-time purchases, but are consumables ongoing. Now, knowing that we look for things that may be kind of on the edge here, Kevin, I know that you've also been exploring recently, uh, exploring with like cannabis, which has some kind of public stigma still connected to it, some regulations there, but you're seeing that because uh, I really want to know how do you guys recognize new opportunities before everybody's doing it and you're just one more player? Well, I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, as a, as a, a shark, um, I, I fortunately get an inside track to certain kinds of opportunities. And uh, so, you know, Hey, look, shark tank has been a very good, um, um, kind of brand building situation for all the sharks, right? Um, Mark Cuban was the most famous shark probably coming in beforehand, but 
he's getting amazing deal flow. And so does Barbara Corcoran and all of them. We, I, I, I communicate with most of the sharks still, you know, regularly. In fact, Barbara Corcoran has provided a great endorsement for, for, for our book. So, so um, you know, the bottom line is, is that it's, it, I, I like the opportunity um, flow. And this is why we talk about having aggressive curiosity. In other words, the more opportunities you're getting, if, if you're an investor and you've got only five deals to look at and you have to pick one of those five, there may not be a good opportunity there. If you've got a thousand deals to look at and you can whittle that down to the top 50 and then from the top 50, whittle it down, you're going to have way better deal flow there. So I think for the average person that's out there right now, they have to to. to to use what I'm saying to their benefit, they need to increase their deal flow, increase their opportunities, increase their curiosity factor by reading more, going out more, connecting more, joining more groups, having more relationships, more associations, more um, networkings that you go to. I mean, you know, um, I was in in your home, you know, a few years ago, and, and this was exploring an opportunity. I had plenty of other things I could have been doing probably, but this was how we started. And now look at where we are today, developing more things via podcasting and beaming these around the world. So, I mean, the bottom line is, is that I think it's important that the more flow you have, the more opportunities, the, the, the more big opportunities are going to be in that mix. Wow. I, I, I love that. Yeah. A lot of people resist the idea of just building relationships unless they know there's a transaction involved. You guys both are great examples. Build relationships. You don't know where they're going to go. You're benefiting now as I am from relationships that were built 10, 15 years ago. I love that. In in the book, you, you talk about the distinction between red ocean and blue ocean, red ocean being where everybody's churning, everybody's gone to something because it's a new opportunity. Blue ocean may be different. Are there keys for recognizing blue ocean where there's not as much competition, not as much activity, maybe just early in the game? Sure. Um, I mean, this is one of the things that I I love getting in on the ground floor. I mean, one of the things I talk about, we talk about creating great pitches and and, and due diligence is important. I call it competitive analysis. Okay. So, um, one day somebody comes on Shark Tank and he's looking for a hundred grand for ten percent of his Play-Doh. It's a Play-Doh that that does not um, uh, interact, in, you know, it, 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 for kids that have lactose intolerance. Regular molding clay like Play-Doh can be bad for them. So he's like, I've got a lactose-free uh, product here that kids can use. And so we, as we identify with him, he's like, Oh yeah, I'm the only one that has this. And I've got a patent on it and this and that. Well, we did some due diligence right there on the set after the segment was over. O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, had closed the deal with this guy. But we found out through our own efforts, no, 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 this isn't new. This isn't unique. This isn't, there's others out there. So, you know, it's important as investors, we always have our our ways of due diligence and and getting to the bottom line and the opportunity and is it unique and is there anybody else out there doing it? And that is an important step is the last thing 
O'Leary would have wanted to do was make that investment, put the money in, go to Walmart and find out, oh, they already had the product on the shelves. So how about that? Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's there. There's lots of red ocean. You see that churning all day. The blue ocean, the opportunities for the next frontier. Like when I started on Discovery Channel back in the early 80s, there was nobody else doing it. Right. I mean, it was pretty easy to ask Discovery. Hey, has anybody else approached you to build this downtime? No, you're the first one. Great. Let's sign a long term contract for that. Right. So, I mean, it's that's it's the it's it's knowing when to hold them, knowing when to fold them, knowing how to do that due diligence, et cetera. Now, after 700 product launches, I think I've got it down to a science. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you guys believe, as I do, that the opportunities are not decreasing, they're increasing. So things are changing. The opportunities are going to look different, but they're there. Well, awesome book. I commend you guys, Mentor to Millions. Uh, People can go to kevinmentor.com to get information about the book and also the bonuses. You guys got some really generous, cool things that are happening. Tell us a little bit about what people are going to get as back-end bonuses. Mark, go ahead. Yeah, well, the the biggest thing is is that uh, we want people to develop the habit of mentorship. A lot of times people say, well, I want the shark as a mentor. I want the family CEO as a mentor. You know, but the bottom line is, is that Kevin and I are like, okay, let's do this. Anyone who buys our book, you can go on Amazon at $17.99, I think. And you go on there and buy the book. You go to KevinMentor.com, show us you bought the book. We'll give you 30 days of mentorship. Why 30 days? Because we've developed 30 days between family and business of key areas of life that we've mentored other people just like you on, we're going to give that away to you for free because after 30 days, you'll develop the habit of mentorship. And when you're done, when you're done reading the book and you're done with this 30 days of mentorship, you're going to know that you need to have the right mentors in your life. You need to be their best student. And then you need to become the right mentor for other people. That's the trifecta of this exponential impact that we talk about in the book. So if you've got a product purpose or passion that the world needs, you're going to need mentors to get that to the world. KevinMentor.com. Awesome. Well, it's a great wrap up. Thank you guys for being here. Wow. I want to encourage everybody in our listening audience, grab a copy. I certainly am going to get lots of them to hand out to people. So success to you guys. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. Great, great hanging out with you. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it, Dan. Yeah. Thanks. Well, there you go. Mark and Tim, I hope you guys are as pumped up as I am just listening to them. Those guys just picking their brains about how they've approached ideas and seeing new opportunities for ideas today, which are all around us. And we're going to continue that theme in the webinar that's coming up. So jump on 48days.com slash webinar. There you'll be able to see what we're going to be talking about, how to take those ideas, how to find those ideas, how to go get those blue ocean ideas that are out there and go into ideas that not everybody else is doing, but how you can use your time well in four different areas and in doing so, build a profitable business in a short period of time. So hey, I hope you join us there, 48days.com slash webinar. Golly, I'm pumped up. I've got so many ideas running through my mind right now. I love Kevin talking about we need to have more aggressive curiosity. How about that? We'll, we'll, we'll end with that as a thought for today. Where are you in terms of aggressive curiosity? That means being intentional about it. Get your reticular activator up. 
So you recognize ideas. Once you see one, you'll start to see others. That's how it works. Hey, thanks for being a regular listener here, for sharing the message. 48 days, you want to jump over and give a a review of the podcast, that would be awesome. Lots of people have done that, shared it. That helps spread the message as well. Thanks for being part of this growing community where we know, without a shadow of a doubt, we can find or create work that is meaningful. Not only work, but a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Have a great week. Talk to you soon.